Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Rolling with Disadvantage, the D&D podcast where we won't be playing D&D. As always, I am your intrepid host, Tyler. And I'm the perpetually warm, even in times of extreme cold, till... A little chilly out this week. A little bit. If you're new to the show, Rolling with Disadvantage is our podcast where we argue, debate, and scream into the void. Void! Jesus. About, oh, scream, scream into the void, about, not scream void. About various aspects of D&D 5th edition. <laughs> Feel free to join the conversation by tweeting us at RWD Podcast. We have gotten a, uh, a couple particular topics to discuss recommended to us the one we want to hit soon was uh tweeted at us by at onslaught six just about psionics is something we definitely want to talk about yes um but we're gonna do some extra prep and maybe some play testing of psionics because I, I know we say this a lot that this is what sparked the idea for this show but i feel like psionics is definitely one of those no. things that we have endlessly debated with plenty of people who always ask what's the deal with psionics well the thing i want to be sh- to before we approach the topic, it's not something that we incorporate in our game. Ever. E- really, really ever. ever. I think maybe ever. we did it once. I've never in my life <laughs> been in a party with years or ago. DM'd for a psionic character. So we're going to do some prep work. So thank you, Onslaught 6, for that. Because that's a passionate topic. Tail over here hates psionics. Hate hates them. It. Oh, we should find that article. Why psionics sucks. Is oh. that what it's called? Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's pl- there's... So... It's a very polarizing topic. I look forward to discussing There's it. some popular ideas in the hopper, but that's one we want to talk about. Just not going to happen today, but stay tuned. Um, okay. I think we can just go ahead. I, we added some new stuff to the deck of many topics, so why don't you go ahead? So just real quick aside. Yep. Uh, my Monday group almost chose a card from the deck of many things. You played they, it on Monday? They had the opportunity. The opportunity arose. And instead, they decided to pick a fight with an ancient dragon. Did they die? Not yet. Oh, they're in it. They, they, uh, we finished. Uh, they, they, they were, they were doing some damage. Uh, and the dragon, not being an idiot, seeing he was outnumbered, uh, flew well, away to go grab his frost giant friends to go help him fuck these guys up. White dragons are pretty dumb. Yeah, yeah, but still, they're animals. Not, not idiots. They have a twelve intelligence and a ten wisdom. Okay, I guess so. they're, they're not animals then. Yeah. So. Well, they're still alive. And, you know, anything that lives for 300 years has a general concept of survivorship. I got to tell you, like, before we get into it, our last session was one of those near TPKs where you guys were learning a hard lesson. Um, feels bad, man. Like, I, like I want it to happen. It needs to happen for the story. But feels bad, man, when you're in it and you guys are just like, that guy's down. That guy's down. That guy's down. He's back up. That guy's down. <laughs> feels bad, man. Dude, I mean, there was no chance. No, not really. There was there was like a very tiny window at the beginning. You basically had to take out the first health bar before the second health bar showed up. But you you know. You... No, no. I mean, we haven't successfully fought a runic yet. I know. I feel like we should have learned a lesson about that by now. Yeah. But no one seems to figure that out. I don't think it's that. I think it's that nobody wants to give up to them. Like we hate these. I know, things. but is there an alt- okay? Wait, wait, people don't understand what we're talking about. Big yeah. bads, they're not ready for no, it. No, right, but this ties back because we had uh, a while back, we had a whole topic on no win scenarios yeah. and, and how they can be used. Yeah. Um, and uh, I feel like we've been running into a lot of them in this campaign. That's not true. When was the last time? When was the last time the, the elves, because remember everybody, we yeah. sort of restarted, yeah. ran into a no win scenario? The first time they fought the runic? 
the first time they fought the runic. Yeah. Uh, the runic, for everybody who's paying attention, so, are creatures based off the Stone Eaters in the fifth season books. So if that gives you any sense of what we're talking about, so we're talking about they're like really, really hard to defeat things that can move through the earth at lightning speed and like rip your limbs off. Yep. Um, well, this is the first time you've ever really fought one. I feel like I recall fighting one. It wasn't a long battle. No, you fought a guy who worked for them. And no, no, but right before up. that, like, one of them, like, pinned the hell out yeah, of Yeah, all he one. did was block the bridge and then run away. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. doesn't count. Yeah. Well, but I mean... That wasn't a no-win scenario. No, but, I mean, it, the other times we have a, fought right, them. We're, we're, anyway. we're, not getting, we're not getting into this, because we can't solve it, because if... This is what the show is all about. Fine, we will not pull a topic. We'll talk about no-win scenarios. Is that what you want to do? Is that what you want to do? We'll do it. One of these days. We'll do it right now. One of these days. We've already five minutes in. That's only five minutes. Okay. This is going to be a short topic. It's gonna be and he pulls no-win scenarios part two. No, yeah, I'm just no. kidding. Uh, oh, it's a very thin topic. Thin. Thin topic. Uh, ah, oh, yes, I put this one in. Uh, subject matter experts applying real-world uh, knowledge okay. to a fantasy world. Okay. So we briefly discussed things like basic physics in the in game. In our practice episodes. And, yeah, no, no, it was, I thought it was in a real one. No, Anyway, um... But just generally, how things like real world, like chemistry and science, biology, physics, you know, how much do these actually apply in a, what, are you pausing me? I was gonna, after you Go finished ahead, your sentence. <sighs> all right, all right. Technical difficulties. I get complaints from people that you're too quiet. No one in I, I history just turned it up has and I ever clipped. said that I am too quiet. I clipped. But nonetheless, uh, so uh, subject matter experts, things like biology, chemistry, science, physics, science, math, engineering, engineering. How much do these actually economics. apply? Economics, perfect. All these things. How do they actually apply in the game? And is it really on the DM to make them apply? My favorite is one I saw on Reddit of this guy who is using I forget what spell it is, but you can turn any number of willing creatures into that same number of willing creatures of a different form. It's like, I forget what spell it is, but you can turn like, like 10 polymorph? You can turn like 10 people into 10 ants. Okay. And his plan was to sh like shove as many people who are ant sized into a spherical steel ball as possible. And when they all revert back, it's like this explosion of, in of incredible energy because that's what it would be the amount of energy required to rupture that from, you know, say a million people inside this thing would be enormous. It'd be like, like a nuclear explosion. Like, well, you wouldn't know that. You wouldn't even know what a nuclear explosion is. Or really how energy works. Mm -hmm. At all. Yeah. You were like, oh, fire. Yeah. I mean, it, like right now in your campaign, there's people who are like, I made a cannon. That's a pretty sophisticated engineering development. Mm -hmm. Black in, powder. Exactly. So. Black powder. The, you know, cannons, the, the entire banding structure around them to prevent them from exploding mm -hmm. was a huge mechanical feat. Yeah. The biggest cannons... You had to haul them around with you know, beasts of burden. Fortunately, there's triceratops for these people. Exactly, and, um, and giant dinosaurs and yetis. And yetis, and yetis. Whatnot. Ooh, yeti with a cannon. Ooh. Yes. Too bad you guys aren't there anymore. It's fine. Um, yeah, because so, I had to teleport away in shame. So I'm, I always try to keep that very close to the to to reality, in mm -hmm. like the D&D &D reality. I don't want to... I don't want to start using my knowledge in the game as a DM. Well, yes, That's but, not fair. But how much, when you were deciding that cannons were going to become a part of the world, how much did you have to research cannons? Oh, I did a lot. Yeah. I did a lot of research. Exactly. And that's why they're working on it. They haven't even perfected it. Exactly. It's a, it's a, so, it's a piece. So is that something that 
falls on the DM. Like, if a character says, I want to make a cannon. 100%. And now the DM has to work with that PC, and they both have to become experts in the field themselves and determine what his character would even know about it. 100%. Because, you know, if, if you're like, you know what, I want to, I want to make a, a car. Say, say your player is an automotive engineer, knows how to make a car. That's one of those things where your your player knows that, but your character doesn't know that. Mm-hmm. But maybe your character's a genius and could come up with something. The Model T. That's even that's a huge yeah. leap, right? Like yeah. you have to get steam power, and then you have to get the pistons. So, the, so the, maybe the, a train, the, uh, the maybe combustion he a train. engine. Yeah, or steamboat, something, yeah. something mechanical. This is, these are usually mechanical in nature, mm-hmm. the things that we're talking about. But it's, you know, you got to take baby steps. Innovation didn't happen in big leaps. Mm-hmm. Not like that. So how... But there's how magic. Do you, but there's magic. How do you handle that, though? How, how does one go about introducing something to that extreme of knowledge? Like, let's say somebody did want to do the ant thing and create a, like, nuclear-ish bomb yeah. somehow. Well, how do you... Because obviously you have to, as the DM, know enough to say, this is how we're going to regulate this. You don't just get to make a bomb. I feel like your character would have to go through time and research mm-hmm. that idea wouldn't just come to them or maybe it does like oh i could shove people in a box and i would explode but they still have to go through testing trial error failure like Doc Brown how many people the flux capacity how many people die in the process so that could be an entire story in itself yeah like my character story is i want to develop a bomb yeah that's my whole goal not a non-magical i mean or pseudo magical explosive device mm-hmm that's an that entire has the character story. Of like, hundred, you know, hundred fireballs. Yeah, it's hundred fireballs. I want to combine hundred fireballs in one object. Yes. That's an entire story. So that that would be how I would handle it. Was well, you're, a no, b we need to go really slowly for this because again, innovation doesn't just happen. So, there's obviously no no one is just spending all of their time doing D and D. Some spend more than others. As a DM. Do you really want to get into that? Do you no, really want to want spend to do that. the time trying to figure that out? No, but my again, as always, the goal of the game is to have fun. And if my player is going to have a lot of fun, sure. You're going to go out, you're going to spend that time? But more likely than not, they're going to get, you know, partway through my my hoops mm-hmm. and like fuck this and move on. But then isn't it just a waste of time for you? No, it's teaching a lesson to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. It's not a waste of time. I guess ultimately there's a lot of things that uh, people use, um, you know, whether it be science or whether it be, you know, like military strategy, I think is a big one. Yes. Like if I'm a dumb barbarian, I shouldn't understand what a pincer formation is and how to execute it properly. Or that if I move here, my friend moves here, and then this person's over there, we'll be able to have this set up so that the guy cannot escape. Right. That seems... Absurd. I agree. So, how do you regulate that as a DM? How do you break this player knowledge versus character knowledge? That's all that comes down to. Mm-hmm. And, and it's how do you regulate? You it? just—it's one of those things where it's between you and your player, and you could say, "No, you wouldn't know that." That's it. Yes, I would. Cool. Your turn is over. Next. <laughs> like, you wouldn't know that. That's it. My if if we're gonna play that way, if you're gonna go, okay, my character knows these things. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Every person in the world now knows what I know, which means that you will all die all the time. <laughs> all the time. There's never going to be someone dumb. Every enemy you encounter, they know you're the healer and to kill you. 
Mm-hmm. Every peasant you encounter knows you're pickpocketing them because I know everything. Mm-hmm. By virtue of you guys have to tell me what you're going to do. Therefore, I know everything. Every plan you come up with, the bad guy knows in advance. That's the agreement. The agreement is you play as if you know certain things. I play as if I know certain things. If we're just going to play like I know everything, I have Google in front of me, guess what? That means every single peasant, every dragon, every goblin, they have Google too. Mm-hmm. And that means you're fucked. <laughs> that means you're straight fucked. 100% of the time, every time. Every goblin you've encountered, now they have cannons and okay. nukes and military tactics. So it's an agreement. It's a, it's a contract between you and your players okay. that you don't abuse your worldly knowledge. So a couple of the uh, things I brought up on the on our little topic page. Sure. Uh, something like introducing forensics when somebody... Like, I, I want to do a session where people are involved in something. Mm. They're actively doing something that isn't just role-playing. How do I get them to set? How, how do they discover fingerprints? Arthur how, Conan Doyle. Yeah, exactly. How, you know, how does how do I say you're Sherlock Holmes now? Well, there's out. precedent for suit, basic forensics in the game, tracking, mm-hmm. footprints. Mm-hmm. I think the premise of forensics is that the premise of the premise of forensics is semiotics, which I'm not going to get into, but it means that something is an artifact of something else and means it was there. It's mm-hmm. indexical. Okay. Smoke means fire, yep. right? A footprint means someone walked there. A fingerprint means someone touched it. Now, can you see and detect fingerprints in the game in very limited circumstances, like a sooty fingerprint on wood or like a greasy fingerprint on your steel blade or like a bloody one, um, but you don't know that that's unique. And as a matter of fact, in the real world, we have no proof that yeah. fingerprints are unique. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a stretch to begin with, but you have the the, the what am I looking for? The foundation of forensics. So your player could make small intuitive leaps over time. Mm-hmm. What if I had a character that was very much that, you know, sure. uh, a forensic investigator, let's say. Sure. Like, like, that's what they love to do. That's their passion. Every you one know, of these characters is a wizard, by the way. Yeah, sure. <laughs> could they, Could you make the leap that they, you know, understand blood spatter analysis? I would okay. And things like that. Like to determine, obviously, the person that killed this person used some sort of magic because there's a literal explosion that's, within the body. That's interesting. However, I, this is, I joked these have to be wizards, but they have to be someone who spent the time and resources to research this. Mm-hmm. Blood splatter analysis takes setting up an experiment and doing it yep. over and over yep. again to prove it. So if your character spends their downtime activity, mm-hmm. there's rules for downtime activities. I, You know what? I, um, I kidnap 1,400 goblins. And when we every time we go back to town, I have a perfectly white brick room that I hit them over the head with maces to see how it works, and they commit to the bit. I feel like we could get there. Okay. So, because what does it gain them? What does so, forensic knowledge well, gain? That's them? that is, I think, the last point of all this. That wizard I, gains I, tracking. What ultimately is it worth it at the end? No. So no, I think that. I think that it depends. I, you know, um, I think it depends on the campaigns being run. Um, I think it depends on the DM. I think it depends on the PCs. Um, but I think that taking time to maybe introduce some aspects of the real world is a good way to connect players to the fantasy world and maybe get more engagement out of them. There's one that comes up a lot, which is probability. Yes. Right? Yeah. It's like, well, I, I know this is a tough climb. I probably have to beat a 15. So it's, it's kind of an out-of-game, out-of-game scenario. People's probability knowledge tends to come into play a lot to in, inform their decisions. That one's really hard to avoid because mm-hmm. it's dice. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I got a 50-50 shot. Yeah. Do I take it? Whereas your your character 
I'm going to jump over this cliff or I'm going to jump over this ravine. They don't know. They, there's no dice. They don't know they have a 50 50 chance. They think, well, I could probably do this. Yeah. I've, I've jumped something similar. Because uh, in the real world, if you have a 50 50 chance to do something and you don't just sit there and think about it, you're like, right. I could probably do I that. I could probably do this. You know, nobody makes the first time, though. Um, so you, the dice probably one is the one that comes up the most. Fortunately, we're all really bad at probability in our group. Like, we're really, really <laughs> yes. bad at it. So yes. it's not it's a non-issue, but there are players like if we were playing with KG, yeah. who's a fr- former rage player cage, of ours yeah. in the Rage Cage, he's got the engineering brain. Yeah, he could calculate because he plays poker and he he just crazy engineering math. He would be able to do it right away. Fine, fine. Because what edge does it really give you? It's just it's making your time more mathematical. Mm-hmm. It's not a huge edge. Okay, it's a small one. Yeah, and I think to I for, I forget how we got here. But the point was like cost versus cost benefit analysis. You're, what are you ulti- gaining? Ultimately, is it worth the time it would take to become no. an expert in something, in order to effectively use it in game? Because that's exactly it. Because you know what you could be doing in the meantime, playing the game. Playing the game. What do we do now? We play the game. <laughs> yeah, right. We could. You could be playing the game instead of fucking around. And that's why I would. I would suggest if you have a problem player who's like. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna make an uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, motion, mach- endless motion, perpetual motion, perpetual motion machine. I'm gonna make a perpetual motion machine. It's gonna generate energy. I'm gonna create a hydroelectric dam. Like make them go through the hoops. So as a as a deterrent, make the barrier to entry for contemporary knowledge pretty high. What if that's high. not a deterrent for them? Then, what if what if they buy in wholeheartedly and they make everyone else's session worth drop a rock on it? <laughs> 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 you a full rock falls on it and it dies. Like. It, it would have to be gradual. That would that's be that's rock argument. without a K. It would have, to, it would have. To, oh, that's funny. It would have to be gradual every time, because like, oh, I want to make a, I want to make a hydroelectric dam. Well, you have to make a dam first. Okay. Which I feel like medieval knowledge could. We can make dams. Yeah. Dams are doable. Just, We've just, seen beavers. Just be yeah, a pile stuff up. You have to discover that electricity can be harnessed in a battery, which I guess ancient Egyptians had a pseudo battery, but they didn't know what to do with it really. Okay. So you have to combine disparate knowledge bases from hundreds of years apart from other parts of the world together. So your character, you have to take the steps. You know, your downtime activity. If you're like, I'm committing my downtime activity to researching. So I got energy. Hit, I got hit level uh, level twenty as a uh, no level seventeen as a druid, right? Where I age only ten year, one year of or the warlock one where you age. Yeah, the yeah, undying. Yeah. So that and then I have to be an elf so that I can live to be seventy five hundred. Or war forged. Yeah. Right. And just that way I can just continue. A Warforged that is trying to make perpetual motion. You come to an agreement with all the other players. All right, guys, I'm going to outlive you. And you describe how that player, you watch as all your friends and family age, wither, die, the world changes. Here we are a thousand years later, and you've developed the hydroelectric dam. That sounds like the greatest villain. <laughs> yeah, right? The Warforged. The That's the whole point of being a lich. Is <laughs> Every lich ever was a player who wanted a gun. <laughs> I'm gonna make it eventually. I want to make a gun. I want to make a gun, and I'm gonna figure out how to do it. Okay, but or, you have to become be Percy. All right, so that's that's the solution. Oh, you want contemporary knowledge? You have to become a lich. Okay, that's the price. So lich, warforged, druid. Yeah, if you can become uh, a mortal, undying warlock, you have to live a very, very long time enough that literal millennia pass, so yeah. that you can gain the knowledge and actually push the knowledge into the world, or become a deity. Or become a god, yeah. I would make a... It's, it's, it's not a very good argument, but the possible argument that players who want to adapt contemporary scientific knowledge of the game are villains. Interesting. And that 
they would have to engage in villainous behavior to do so. Interesting. Right? What makes they, you say that? Because they want they want to bring the future forward. They want to bring their grandiose intellect and impose it upon the world. They want to change everything. Right? Because if so, you if you bring a perpetual so motion that machine change the world are no, villains? No, I'm not saying that I'm not saying people change the world are villains. I'm saying people that want to impose their knowledge onto a world that's not ready for it. Those are typically villains. Interesting. So they they're already this Percy. is actually perfect. They want you you just set it up for them like okay you can do this but this is how and you make it a villain story where they have to go become immortal harvest these resources kidnap other people who are doing similar research like enslave people to build the things for you like you could make it a villain sort of like campaign. like the Red Skull. Yeah yeah you you can make a villain campaign super easily. We're like okay if your goal is to do this, let's do it. You, you fine. Turn the campaign on its head. Make it bad. A one-on-one campaign. That's I don't think anyone else would go along with I, that. I honestly, you know, who knows? Maybe if your if your character can convince everybody else in the party, like, hey guys, let's do that thing. Like, <laughs> it could be kind of cool. I don't know. It's weird. It would be weird. So I don't uh, think there's I don't think it's a good way to do it. Ultimately, I think what I wanted to address with this topic is that in the end, it's a fantasy world. Exactly. Let, let it be a fantasy world. Yeah, I would agree with don't, that. Don't don't try to use chemistry and biology to explain how this acid would do this to this amount of earth it's the book says the acid dissolves five foot earth it dissolves five foot earth just leave yeah don't you don't need to make an acid gun or whatever yeah uh i, I don't think it's, yeah i would agree with you there's no good way to do it all right let's take two minutes here uh on a break and we will be right back Back again. Is that Shady? That is. Okay. Sometimes Slim Shady comes on, and I'm like, yeah, I'm into this. And then he says some shit. I'm like, wait a minute. Ah, uh, you're a terrible person. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah. And he's, like, old, and it's just weird now. Hold on. I'm going to look at something really quick on the internet. His daughter? Nope. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Haley Jade, I love that name. Oh, uh, you see, you know what's weird? She's starting to look like him. That, that. Like right here, look at this. They look alike. Yeah, well, they are related. That is kind All right, of what that, happens. That, that puts me off the whole thing. I don't care for it. I don't want it. I changed my mind. Close the tab. I'm turning it away. I'm putting it away. Cause it's your turn. I know, it's my turn. It's your turn. But like, music, you don't want to, when you go go back and you listen to old music, there's a lot of it. It's like. Who actually looks, uh, what, what was her name? Uh, uh, Michael Jackson's daughter, Paris. Not bad looking. I don't even know if I could possibly engage with that. Just say it. Because it would be weird. Oh! Oh, no! All right, this is a topic I am ready for. I am ready. Oh, God. This oh. is going to be bad, everyone. When he's excited, the world dies. What is evil? What is good? A philosophical debate on alignment. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> All right, everybody. If you're not into philosophy, tune out right now. Yeah, this is, this, this is going to be <laughs> 20 minutes of... This some this started with discussion. a very basic question imposed by you yes, to me, I recall. which was, um, "Can't wait, wait, hold on. I want to find. I want to get a word for word. Okay, I'm get a word for word. It's it's way back. It's always way it's back. It's not way back. Everything's always way back in our chain of text. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Someone who does evil acts for the greater good. Period. Are they good or evil? And yep. my response, evil. And I I don't necessarily agree with you. Well, I will say what I said before, which mm-hmm. was the concept of the end justifying the means is evil. I disagree. Why? 
Because, I mean, it's the greater good. It's it's meant to help the most people. How could that necessarily be an evil thing? That's subjective. I disagree. If if my choice is, you know, if, if all things are equal. Give me an example. It, let's just say all things okay. are equal. Okay. And I have the chance to save ten people or one person. Okay. Save the ten people. It's I have to kill the one person, but I save ten people. That's incredibly specific. So your 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 argument is the trolley, yeah. Argument uh, essentially, and I have to choose to kill somebody. So the obviously the problem with the trolley argument, and those of you who are versed in philosophy, is that you in the trolley argument specifically are not choosing to kill someone who's not already in the situation. Someone's going to die no matter what. Yeah. The more appropriate example is um, a train's coming. Mm-hmm. It's going to hit some people on the track. And you could push a really fat dude in front of the train, who's not—he's currently not involved. Yeah. But you could do it, yeah. and he would slow it down enough that they could survive. Involving someone who's not involved, who wouldn't die otherwise, okay. to stop them—that's a—that's like, and that, and that's not a good thing. It's not a good thing, but it's not an evil thing. That's a neutral. So, thing. So, so I would—that wouldn't be. Uh, again, I I think that there are good good characters do evil things from time to time. Excuse me. Good. Uh, uh, Good aligned character does bad things from time to time. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make them evil. That doesn't make them neutral. They're still good. But if you're consistently doing evil things to achieve what you're calling the greater good, you're evil. Can you I... can you for the for the audience and myself, what is the greater good? See, and that that I think is the the biggest discussion of them all. And I, I tend to say that. As a whole, the world is neutral. There are good people, there are bad people, there are neutral people. Really? Okay. So I like to think, obviously, you know, that's a discussion in and of itself, and we can have it here in a minute. But I like to think that, in general, the world is neutral. And saving more of it than, you know, if, I, if, if there's something I have to do to save half of it versus a quarter of it, you know, it's it's a tough discussion. The greater good is honestly. Just I'm not understanding the, a single fucking word you're saying right now. It's the greatest number of doing the most people. good for the most people. Yeah, doesn't require you do evil. But what if it does? No. What if it does? That's only if you think that something requires you do evil. That means you haven't exhausted all your options. What if in exhausting all your options, everyone dies? Then that's what was going to happen. Not necessarily. Yeah. What if you just did the evil thing at the first? There's gonna jump? be. There's no. There's no circumstance in existence where you have to do consistently evil things to achieve good. You're you're staring at me. I don't. I don't know if I agree with that. I challenge you to come up with a one example. I again. I I. People are gonna throw Thanos back at me, right? He's a psycho. Yeah. He committed evil. He's, he's a murderer. He's a mass murderer. He's evil. He's evil. Everything he did was evil. He didn't achieve the greater yeah. good, right? He killed a bunch of people to save a bunch of people. He could have well, just doubled no. the resources. His logic was flawed. He could have done so many other things with his wish, yeah. which he chose not to do. He chose to do the evil thing. He's evil person. Okay, but yeah, Thanos is evil. Thanos is evil. But no, people, but there's that. a bunch of neckbeards gonna throw it back at me. We're like, blah blah blah, Thanos. But anyway, that's what was the what was the stupid uh, satire piece? Uh, modest proposal, right? Eat the babies. That'll help save starvation. <laughs> or that'll help push off starvation. Well, I mean, no. Soiling green, you eat the old people. Soiling green, you eat the old people. Yeah. 
if your if your solution to a problem is consistently evil action, you haven't exhausted all your options. Your your argument is the unit is the human universe is default neutral. Why is the solution to your problem evil? What if it has to be? It doesn't. I, I I'm just saying. And I'm not saying they're always doing evil things. I'm saying that You're so, doing someone who does evil, evil thing, deeds. You said it repeatedly. You said someone who does evil acts, plural. Yeah. That doesn't mean that's all they do. The con I was you haven't articulated for me for me clearly the concept of the greater good. You gave me a numeric argument of I, I save half the people See, instead of a quarter of the people. You always make this so much more difficult. It's supposed you, to be you know, difficult. You know what I'm talking about. It's supposed you to be difficult. You understand what I'm talking about. Everyone understands what I'm talking about right now. But uh, you you haven't given me a single circumstance. Your 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 logic is based in fantasy. Okay, that's literally what we're talking about. Yes, fantasy. We're talking about a fantasy world. But good and evil are if, real. If, if I go things. around, but we're not talking about real things. We're talking about D and D fifth edition. Mm -hmm. That's what this whole thing's about. <laughs> yes, that's what we're talking about. Yes. <laughs> Going around and killing a bunch of goblins. Evil? Yes. That's an evil act? Technically. Why? They're evil. I articulated it in our chat, and then you told me to stop talking. A truly good character wouldn't kill their enemies. They would subdue them, detain them, and judge them as your society agreed. If this conclusion from your society was, yes, kill the goblins, fine. Undead? Well, as I, as I notated in the thing, also the three things you're allowed to kill, Nazis, zombies, and killer robots. Why Nazis? Because Nazis are evil. Why? Aren't they as evil as goblins? Because our society agreed that we're allowed to kill Nazis. Okay, so we're allowed to kill goblins? If our society agrees. But in a vacuum, which is what we were talking about, yeah. killing a goblin, for no, for just killing a goblin for no reason. That's, that's the equivalent, I'd say, of killing a Nazi. No, Nazis have a long history of killing people. And goblins have what exactly? Well, this is exactly it. In the, if our society says that goblins have a long history of killing goblins, then fine, we agree on goblins. We can okay. kill goblins. Okay. But so, in a vacuum, so no. as long as I'm killing evil things, it's okay. So something as that, long as we agree on socially agreed upon evil things, something it's okay. that cannot be reasoned with or stopped except through violence, fine. Which, in all honesty, is probably going to be goblins because okay. they're supposed to be savage, stupid things that kill things. What about a vampire? Same thing. Why? It's highly intelligent. It could definitely be reasoned with. Well, if you could, then you could reason your way out with a vampire. But, if you could reason but, your way out of the but, problem, fine. But, but it wouldn't be just to just kill it as it's a vampire? Probably not. Really? Really. In a philosophical sense of good versus evil, if you're a truly good thing, I mean, you're, you're a zealot, so it's not going to work. You're like, ah, it's undead. I'll kill it. But it's a vampire. You're correct. In theory, I should be able to reason with it. However, its mere existence costs the life of others yes so well, unless it drinks you know pig's blood or something i don't think it's allowed anyway, to do that it's, it's, if uh, its existence costs the life of others what about a lich same thing it, it's existed the mere existence costs the life of others so it's, it's already violated the rules of okay. nature that we all agreed on okay so it, it falls into the cat it, are we talking it's, zombies means undead well no, i understand that but I, I get zombies you can't reason with them there's no talking unless to it's zombie. blade you know so you got you gotta kill it obviously. yeah there's no you get that right you gotta kill it you know. kill a robot it wants to kill you. Yeah. It's a robot. Yeah, Gotta an, stop an it. automaton. Yeah, know? exactly. So, so something that maybe isn't you know even alive per se. It is uh, like a golem or something that you. There's no reason with it. It's just a construct. Mm -hmm. you, just to smash it. This is why neutral exists. And I think, and this whole this whole topic came to mind because does neutral even exist? Is there neutral? Yes. What is neutral? You and me. We're neutral. We make we do bad things. 
we do good things, it pretty much washes out. Mm-hmm. We are not good people. We are not evil people. We are people. I'll have you know, I took the alignment test. I am neutral good. We are flawed. Thank you very much. I feel like you probably answer it in a way that would come up good and not the way that was honest. Well, no, they probably only ask silly fantasy They are really dumb questions, actually. Questions. Yes. In reality, we all kind of just wash out at zero. Okay. honestly okay. right like yeah. sometimes you hit your dog mm-hmm. other times you give money to a homeless person okay and everything kind of comes out mm-hmm. in the wash but in D, you're supposed to be heroes so you as a dm yeah how frustrating would it be if every time a good ca- every time there's a fight a good character essentially stopped the fight and tried to reason with the whatever for me yeah whatever for everybody else super frustrating yeah for every other player, super frustrating. So then how do you do that? How do you justify it? How how This is the all... challenge of playing someone who is like so, awful good so to the are letter. there any actual good characters in D&D? A radio silence. Um probably not, right? So why no, why, there's, there's... why even pretend? Cuz it's a game. Well yeah, but I mean you know, everyone, let's be honest with ourselves. Everyone's, you know, lawful neutral, chaotic neutral, maybe lawful evil, if you're really selfish. I don't know. When was the last time you even tried to play a good character? Nobody my, tries. I think my current character's a good character. Maybe. can't remember. Chaotic good. I think it's chaotic good. It's, this is why the sub-alignments exist. Chaotic, neutral, and lawful. Yeah. Right? But if but I'm not talking... That, that's a different topic. Um, I'm just talking about... I, I just had, like... If I was a... The Tarrasque. We're also allowed to stop the Tarrasque. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm an assassin for some holy organization, super good organization. So say the original assassins. Sure. Actual history book real sure. assassins. Sure, yeah. The Middle Eastern assassins. Yeah, that's where the word comes from. Yeah. The whole thing, their little cult. Yeah, exactly. They were trying to achieve some crazy greater religious mm-hmm. good by killing people. Yeah. Evil? Yes. Of course. The Crusaders. Evil? Yes. Your perspective as a mortal who has a finite life is really small. You can't possibly fathom the objective greater good over the arc of history from your tiny little speck of dot dust existence. So committing a bunch of evil, you it's, it's going to be evil. It's evil. It is. Because even if you're like, even, even if you got a whole, the whole team together and everybody said, you know what? You made the world a better place. In that moment... Maybe. In the long term, no. Because you gave permission to everyone to do evil to achieve a temporary good. Mm. Nailed it. I nailed it. Uh, I don't know I just know fucking about nailed that. it. I did. I don't know about that. It's a tough argument. It is a tough argument. In the D&D, we're, they, your characters aren't supposed to be concerned with this. Their, their good and evil is supposed to be a kind of a narrow, myopic range of good and evil. Where, like, that's a vampire. They're evil. That's a that's a cleric to Paylor. They're good. It's when you betray that notion that you make the story interesting. This is what you're talking about. Where your vampire, he became a vampire. He's got to dabble in the evil, but he's you know he's really like I'm trying to do a good thing here. And yes. you, you fucking twist your players' brains all in a pretzel. Yes. Or your your cleric of Paylor. Hey man, we've been giving this temp this temple a bunch of money a long time. You've helped us resurrect a bunch of people. Turns out this guy was creating, you know, an army of, of 
evil golems to overthrow this city because he wanted to do evil things. Turns out he was actually evil somehow, but still maintained his powers. I don't know. It's for people for DMs to make up. Yeah. It's this is the opportunity to to betray the rules of good and evil. That's where the story gets interesting. I just think it's it's a situation where and every every DM runs into it mm-hmm. where good characters are doing terrible things. Mm-hmm. And they never actually do good things. How how does that I, work I, in the grand scheme of a session or a campaign? You know, it's how do you handle that with your players? Do the guards show up? Do they kill the guards? You know, do then the the soldiers show up? Do they kill the soldiers? Does the the noble say, "Listen, you guys have to stop"? They kill the noble. They take over the town. That means, guess who has to show up next? Adventurers. I, if it was in third edition book somewhere, DM's Guide, there's always someone more powerful than your players. If your campaign's going off the rails, going evil, murder hobo, full murder hobo, guess what? There are other adventurers out there who kill people like you. Mm-hmm. So that's what, that, that's what the inevitable conclusion of that will be. You've become the villain. Other people want to stop you. Okay. Thank do players do good things? I firmly believe in real life that he, most humans actually aren't neutral or evil. We're truly in the lower category. Lawful evil. No, we're just we're just below zero. Most people do less bad. They don't do good. Okay. And players kind of fall in the same category, where they're typically just doing the least amount of bad mm-hmm. and not actively doing good. Mm-hmm. Right? So how do you encourage that? I don't know. That's an outside thing. How you have to get You have to encourage the human beings playing the game. You have to make them want to do good. Mm-hmm. And, and what does that look like? That's how do you motivate good? That's I, you should have to, you should, do you have to have an entire session zero of philosophy and ethics. Maybe, and I think that's that's a big point that I try to address is this idea of being a good character. If yeah. you're a good character, you have to go out of your way to be a good character. It's hard. It's hard. It's supposed it's, to be hard. It's hard. That's why if you have the blessing of a good deity, that's why the rewards are great. It's supposed to be hard. You're supposed to be getting the power because you're doing the stuff. You're walking the walk, and that walk provides you with the shoes necessary to do so. Mm-hmm. The, the armor of your faith, the, the, the blessing of your deity, the, whatever, the, the literal divine intervention. You've been walking the walk, and you say, hey, Jesus, I rolled a 10. Help me out. <laughs> and he says... Snap! I give you whatever you need. That's divine intervention. Uh, he didn't give me whatever I needed, but that was funny. Ah, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. That was so funny. One time, I forget how it went. So, uh, one person had been uh, 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 Miss Deadassian had she been, was kidnapped. No, her soul had been taken. Well, she wouldn't be kidnapped. Her soul had been taken. We already knew she was kidnapped. She got murdered. We tried to resurrect her. We couldn't oh, resurrect right, 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 right. her because her soul was taken. And I prayed upon high to the to Palor. great, great and mighty Pelor to. Show to tell me to show me to give me the way to save her soul, and I rolled my divine intervention and succeeded, and instantly got transported to another plane of existence. You got booped. Yep, that's how that works. You know, you could, if you're trapped on another plane of existence, you could banish yourself back home. Yeah, yeah, it's your home plane, right? Yeah, you just need an item. I don't have an item that I hate though. <laughs> I have nothing on me that's like mushrooms. Oh. I hate mushrooms. <laughs> Vegetables that much. in general. I mean, is there a carrot around here? Obviously. You know, if if you play, I've shared this. There's the whole subreddit called RPG Horror Stories. Yeah. 
those people are all evil typically. Oh, yes, absolutely. Right? Yes. There's a lot of gross evil people out there, and their perception of good and evil is going to be wrong. But that's the best part about this game is when you're interacting with people who are your friends, there's a really good chance that your morals and your ethics line up. Mm -hmm. And you're going to all agree, oh, you know what? No, this is a good thing to do. Oh, no, this is a bad thing to do. You know, this is a fine thing to do. You'll probably all agree. And you won't have to worry about this conversation. Have you ever been a truly good PC? Or have you ever had a truly good NPC? Well, I started to try to have a good one just recently. Um, truly good NPC? Truly good NPCs typically are innocent. And they're just, they usually die. <laughs> All right. That was rough. That was rough. But that's it for this episode. Good, evil, it's a very, <laughs> very just... I, I wouldn't even say there's... It really is... Shades of Grey. It's not something where we can learn or solve anything. No. Um, you know, I think there's definitely times that doing But if you want thing, more but... of this philosophical discussion, please feel free to subscribe and rate the show on the iTunes. Next the, time we talk Stitcher. about Lawverse Chaos. Kill me. Um, wherever you found the show, rate it. That helps other people find it. Please um, follow us on Twitter at RWD Podcast. And, of course, you could send us topics you want to hear about or your D&D rants at rwdpodcast at gmail.com. And we will see you next time. Till